Yeah, yeah, uh, I hear what you're saying, but uh, you you got to agree that United States created maybe not the best political system, but uh, the one that's come close the, the closest to to democratic system. It is effective. Of course, there are other systems that may be more effective, like I don't know, a dictatorship. It's terrible, but it gets the job done immediately, right? So uh, would you agree uh, that at the end of the day, U.S. probably has the best political system in the world? Well, again, I know I, I, I chimed in on that last point by saying, you know, we have to define what best means. Um, but it's also because we don't know, we, you know, we grew, I grew up in the system. And so... Yes, I got a chance to, you know, study and live in China. I've gotten a chance to go to other countries, Middle East, and uh, visit Russia and other places. And and yes, they have different adopting systems and kind of um, a creative, uh, with their own way of adapting what they consider to be democratic principles into their systems. I I would say that what you really have to find in any system is what works best for you. And I, I would leave it at that because... The, the idea is that there is a utilitarian, perfect, utopian system that works for everybody and that this is the system that we live in is the best one. Well, yes and no. Uh, it's best for me because this is what I look at as a system and how it functions, but it may not be best for everyone. Uh, I agree. And now we have to talk about the American dream. I grew up in a different system where we, uh, at least at some point in time, dreamed about America as some kind of ideal system in the whole world. And everybody wanted uh, to come here. And I believe that that's true for many, many uh, immigrants who come to this country. They're looking uh, for uh, easy. Oh, that's a good point. Easy life easy right. access to resources and then they realize hey that's not the game that was just a demo right it's not the movie <laughs> right. it's just a trailer <laughs> right. and the right. united states have a very serious problems and the amount of uh, i don't know homeless people i uh, live close to washington dc i worked in washington dc and that's uh, very upsetting to see homeless people next to fancy restaurants and you know that's not the uh, the only thing. You you can see the uh, inequality and especially the wage gap and the wealth gap, and it keeps on growing. And even when you help the lowest um, uh, class, the most unfortunate people, yes, you do improve their lives. I don't know, but maybe eventually we'll be able to shelter everybody. We'll give them their own, I don't know, uh, washer, dryer, TV set, even basic income. But at the same time, uh, the richest 1% will get so much richer that this gap is only, is only will grow even, even larger. So it's not Absolutely. that the 1% or the 10% or the government is helping the poor. No, that's the whole country the world is growing richer and that's uh, how we it seems helping the poor because i mean uh, if you look at the statistics uh the world is getting better less people economically i mean economically less people go hungry today in the world than it was 20 years ago but still do you want to say that this is a world you want to live in 
Um, mm. I don't think so. Right, right, right. And I want to make the uh, go back into a point you were making. I want to go ahead and make that differentiation for those who may be listening, you know, between as we talk, we're talking about governance and we're talking about economy, which is, you know, two different things. You know, the governance is kind of the overall way in which we, you know, order and manage our society. But the, the economics is actually that basis by which we, as, as, as you just mentioned, uh, transfer goods and services and, and barter and under, uh, it seems like that what we have created here more importantly is a, a conversation around what is the value of a, what kind of, what kind of valued system do we want that the government governments manage in order for us to get the best access to goods, services and resources to live our lives. And, you know, again, always taught to me when I was growing up, oh, you know, America was the best distributor of that because of our governance system and our management system. Well, that that may or may not be true when you go to a country like uh, Cuba, you may say, oh my God, you know, yeah, you know, they don't have the same governance structure, but the material divide between uh, communities is not there. Um, you, you know, you're having everybody having access to a very high quality uh, care service, uh, healthcare system, and, you know, access to resources and housing. And so, you know, all these points that you're making, these are the things that we really are challenged on today that we have to reassess. And I think generations now are assessing that, like, what do, what do we value? What is, what is this materialism? Why is there a homeless person on the street? Why is you know, if we have all this wealth, why is the income gap creating even more problems with this massive distribution of philanthropy that's going on in the world now that everybody celebrates, but yet it seems like the inequity is getting wider and wider. So what is happening to, as, as we look around and we see what we see? And then last point on, on this, because uh, I know you've got a, I know you got a lot of comments coming. I, you know, it's very interesting when we start to assess and value things through a lens of, hey, you know what? Everything's better. Why? Because everybody's getting wealthier. Uh, right. that, what, what is that? Wait, is that the, that's the assessment too? Yeah, everybody's getting wealthier, so it's better. The world's better. But you see our communities more divided. You see our civilization and, 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 and having trouble and challenges around um, uh, being able to connect as human beings and you see those communities that don't have those things that is they value the connection between human beings more than anything so it's it's just you know we as human beings are having a real challenge of growth through this uh journey of what is civilization what is society and you know what is it that we really want to see out of our governmental system and economic system Boy, I thought that we won't have enough topics uh, for our podcast. And I think you just threw in so many points. You touched on so many points uh, that we have enough material until our retirement. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you look, look, man, yeah, hold on. Now, you knew when we were talking, when we said we were going to do this. Hey, brother, the, the basis of your background and the experiences you had. Look, I already knew we, it, there was no problem with that. We were all, we're going to be able to talk to the day we die. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, several points you touched upon, I definitely want to delve in. You said that the, uh, you talked about the values 
and the values are degrading and um uh, it's, it's not only uh for the rich that's true for the for well quote unquote poor as well maybe it is capitalism or maybe it's not that's um that's for us to decide that everything is so money oriented that we forget about things that are really important for example hey uh please don't laugh i'm english major right <laughs> i have to work <laughs> in mass communications and um uh i started my career in uh, abroad and i went into mass communications because my um entering position in um uh, the newspaper uh, or was it a radio station it's not important it was three times <laughs> higher than an associate professor at the university that's ridiculous Whoa. that's Whoa. ridiculous yes right. yes Whoa. so i mean like you can find probably a private uh tv company you know like everybody has uh, all the companies they rely on commercials Uh, very few universities do that. But at the same time, if you think about that, and you are a person uh, with um, with a very uh, large experience and background in education, that uh, what kind of people we are raising, what kind of kids, what, what are we putting in them? What kind of information? Why aren't we, I don't know, reading more of, uh, you, you name them. I, I wanted to say Shakespeare, and I... Remember yet another story, very um, interesting for a podcast, that now Shakespeare apparently uh, should be taken out of uh, curriculum because he's, uh, I believe he's racist. But still, I mean, <laughs> why don't we study Shakespeare's, Tolstoy, Dickinson's, and all, all others, I don't know, Wordsworth, you name them. Uh, and maybe if we nurture the soul i know i'm getting a little bit metaphysical here but maybe Me if we too. nurture a soul since pre-k since childhood we'll get better businessmen better lawyers can, can there be such a thing a better lawyer <laughs> well you know i'm a uh, recovering lawyer meaning that when i graduated from law school uh after all my internships and all the other things i realized hey guess what i don't i don't think i want to practice Uh, that soul search actually was a part of my legal career or legal study, excuse me, in regards to coming to this conclusion that I did want to feed into humanity instead of what I saw as a reaction to um, the, the element of what you're talking about, these, these systems and structures that didn't seem to support the value of humanity. And so what you're saying about feeding into children, look, Some of the things that we're talking about now, oh man, and, and I'm glad you went to the metaphysical space. You know, we, we have destroyed many lives um, as when we are young. Um, we, we teach them, we teach out their soul, basically. And from that teaching out of the soul, the damage we do to them, we set them on a course of, uh, only five senses, only what you can see, touch, taste, and smell, and, and only what the intellect provides. And these things are, can be ratified by statements of, this is the greatest country in the world. We are wealthy, uh, life is good. But then <clears throat> when you start to define those things, you have to go to a place that the soul dwells. And that's why I think a lot of times, because when people in, start to have to really think about these things, 
they go, wow, I mean, and then they start to feel. And again, we try to train that out of people as they're younger on, until they get to adults to fit into the system, to become cogs in a wheel. But what would the world be without those writers that you spoke about? What, what would it be without the dreamers of a, of a, of a, of a Dr. King and, a, and, and others who believe that humanity could be better on the basis of their humanity, not on the basis of how much money they had. You know, we, we just, the, and that's why we celebrate these people so much because we're like, wow, that's, that's who we are. But then we fall back into the pattern of the societal socialization of, no, it's about these things. And so, no, you, you hit on another podcast, brother, that I can't wait to go into. <laughs> and you just touched upon you. When you said cogs in a wheel, I immediately thought about something else. Uh, you know, what, what we are doing right now, and by we, I mean the educational system uh, in the world, especially in the United States, and let's be honest, whether you live in Cuba, whether you live in uh, Soviet, former Soviet Union, or even Iran, everybody is looking at the United States and maybe subconsciously all these countries, all those leaders copy something from the United States. That's my personal opinion and personal experience. And yes, yes, I lived in the Soviet Union. So when you say <laughs> cogs in a wheel, um, one uh, a friend of mine, um, an economist, he said that we are growing a generation of fixers, which means we teach them... Um, we, we give them skills to fix something, but not to build. Uh, back in the Soviet Union, again, I'll, I'll uh, bring up Soviet Union. When you would graduate from, let's say, in Department of Engineering, you will get a fundamental knowledge uh, that will uh, give you broad possibilities uh, for future careers. Yeah, you would be paid pennies peanuts but still you know you uh, how many immigrants are there in the united states right now from the former soviet union and let's say if you graduated from an automotive um, college you would be able to take apart and put together uh, any car volvo mercedes whatever what not all you need is a distraction manual and you can do it what we have in the united states we have uh, people who know how to change tires, and that's one degree. The other degree knows how to, I don't know, check the engine. The third one knows how to clean the windows. They do it. they probably the best experts in the world in their area. But you ask the person who changed tires to clean the windows, and we got a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. so we got applied knowledge versus fundamental. And that's... Um, that's an important thing. And another point, a little bit unrelated. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, I'll let you co comment first on, on my uh, my comments, and then I'll go next to another oh, thought. Oh, oh well, I was just going to say, yeah, you know, I agree with you that, 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 again, going back to that cog in the wheel statement, you know, we, we've been trained out of our uh, intuition. We've been trained out of our ability to look at the macro of something and work with all of it. Um, we've been, we've been trained to focus on just being in, just operating within a particular space and framework and say, Hey, this is, this is your utility. You know, this is what you do. Um, I remember the, the first time, 
um, I said, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to practice law. I think I'm going to go do some other things. Um, and I remember, you know, before I was, uh, turned 40, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to write a book. And somebody was like, wait, you're going to write a book too? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey man, I'm thinking about doing some nonprofit stuff. Okay. Hey man, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. And, and every time people would, I would have people who were in law school with me call me and say, Hey man, um, why would you, you know, what, what made you do this? Or how did you know to do this? Or, you know, why would, why would you go in off the path uh, to try to do something else? And I said, well, though, you know, this is a passion of mine. This is something that was an interest of mine and I wanted to try it, I wanted to do it. And I didn't realize how many people um, really, uh, you know, all of us to a certain degree have been trained not to do that, not to explore their soul, not to explore them sense of looking at the macro system and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I know how to change your tire, but man, what, what would it be like to, you know, change those windshield wipes? All right. You know <laughs> why? It's, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, like Soviet Union had a lot of smart people who knew how to change stuff. And what's the result? They changed the system at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, yes. It's much you know, easier. It's much easier to govern... Uh, Poor and dumb people than poor and the people with a good good education. That's the pro oh, oh, absolutely. Dumb and down of education. Oh man, that's another topic. That's another podcast. Um, to you know, I've always said that a the intent of the educational system is not to create thinkers. Um, yeah. That's oh the my case, God, you're so right. Hey, if that's the case, then this system would be ungovernable. You know, because uh, because what would happen is people would finally say, hey, hold on. Why would you do that? Hey, what? A, hey, what is that you're doing? What? You know, the questioning and the challenging that would go on would prevent an elite from dominating. OK, that's another topic. But hey, we're gonna, we, I know. Hey, we're, we're, we're getting everybody ramped up. We're getting everybody ready for what's coming. Uh, and one more uh, thing that I wanted to say earlier uh, about uh, teaching the younger generation. I remember back in high school, and I was lucky to graduate uh, from high school in the Soviet Union and then in the United States, in Indiana, rural Indiana. High school was probably about 300, 400 people, and students were coming from nearby little villages. So typical rural Indiana, it's you know cornfield and a high school in the middle. Um, uh, and we had only two black students and they were brother and a sister. So uh, just to give you a little background. And I remember our, our history teacher at the end of um, the school year, uh, it was what, June, something late June, uh, our last class. And we finished um, the social movement of the 50s and the 60s. And he said something that stuck to me for what, 30 plus years now. He said, you know, guys, uh, I don't want to tell you what to be, to be a racist or not. And I was like immediately, whoa, that's some strong stuff. He said, Ooh. you know, you are grownups and you are smart. So be whatever you want to be. But think about uh, one thing, like in a hospital, like newborn babies, when you see them, one is Asian, one is uh, black, yellow, white, whatever they are lying next to each other and they don't hate each other. They have no emotions towards each other. How they become racist, how they become full of hate. 
that means that somebody teaches them that. He said, guys, you want to be racist? Fine, but at least don't be those teachers. Mm. Whoa. Mm. Mm. That's int- oh, man, that's powerful. Uh, and I think it's powerful because what he's doing is in- inverting the argument back on you to say, hey, look, really? The choice is yours, but do you really want to teach that to others? Do you really want to empower others to be in that space? Because you know what happens. You know what's happening to you. You know how it's, if, if you are in that space where you are judging or you're looking at a person in, in that degree and what that does to your soul, what that does to your being, is that really what you want to teach to others? You know, and so I, I, I kind of appreciate, I definitely appreciate what he's saying uh, and or and or trying to say in the way in he, which he put it to you and to others. I think it was, uh, it's, it's another way to try to get deeply into what we are. Right, and he was talking to uh, kids 17, 16, 18 years old, you know, who, uh, who know the truth. <laughs> we were like millennials of the time <laughs> back then. Right, and right. that's by the way another story. Don't even start me on millennials. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, you gotta be careful before they cancel us. <laughs> hey, hey, they they're trying to cancel them them now. That's what I heard. You know, uh, to cancel the cancelers. Yeah, that, that that's that's a boomerang. Uh, remember what you said. You know, first they came uh, after those who they wanted to cancel, and then you know somebody else came after them. I mean, you can fool uh, some people, right, all of the time, and uh, all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like God, nature, universe, you cannot fool universe, (laughs) and you'll get yours, I mean, whatever you deserve, you'll get it sooner or later. Well, you know, I always love the one where uh, you can lie to others, but you can't lie to yourself. Right. And, and that's actually what we are doing all the time. All the time. All the time. And, you know, we found in that place of, wow, you know, damn, what am I? You know, um, I just told this person all these different things and all of us a lie. And then you have to go look at yourself in the mirror. But then you rationalize it and justify it. And we, we've created the ability in this world to to say that that's okay. Oh man, you know, sorry to tell, you know, things like that every once in a while and say these things that speak to devaluing your spirit. Again, a friend of mine told me why a lot of people can't align their chakras. And I know I'm about to get into a spiritual place, but he said, I said, what is, what is it about the spiritual chakra? He said, oh, well, people, you know, they work on their root chakra and their heart chakra and they work on all <laughs> these others. But I said, he said, but one thing they, they, refuse to work on. And I said, what's that? That that prevents them from aligning their chakras. I said, okay, what's that? He said, their throat chakra. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, what is that? He said, because they don't speak truth. I said, oh man, oh, oh man, that hurts. (laughs) Oh, you got me. I said, you got me, you got me. Uh, But I think that's true. Uh, There was a meme I uh, saw recently online somewhere. uh, One of my friends sent me, he said, um, it's not that important to tell the truth because people are going to believe the one who is a better liar. <laughs> mm. It's just sort of uh. like 
bodes well with everything we said before about elections, public speakers. That's the problem. I mean, and even I, I mean, like I'm, I'm talking to you, I totally agree with you. And the more I do, I'm the more I realize how uh, I don't want to use the word hypo- hypo- hypocritical, but in, in well, to some degree, I am hypocritical, you know, yes. and yeah, very absolutely. often I have to lie because I do want to succeed in this world. And uh, succeeding at what, what I'm talking, probably succeeding in the physical world uh, at expense of my soul. Is it too deep <laughs> for our first podcast? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think it's too deep. And no, hey, man, go. Let's go. 